Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VG Podcast, where I'm your host, the VG Man, where I talk about video games, movies, and sort of, you know, other topics that I'm interested in as well. Our first topic of the day today is Overwatch and the new Halloween skins, impressions, and hopefully we'll get some news about Overwatch 2 at some point. Welcome back, everybody. How'd you guys like that intro music, huh? Kind of jazzy and snazzy and all that fun stuff. Alrighty, so the first segment, obviously, as I said in the intro, is Overwatch Skins Impression. This is where I mention the new skins that have come out to Overwatch today, the Halloween Terror event. And I'm going to take a look at that right now. I have my Switch in front of me just as like a reference point so I can see everything. The first things, three things to come out would be the weekly challenges, where each week you have to do nine wins and all that stuff, and you, after doing the nine wins, you unlock the skin. Week one, you get Phantasma for Sombra, that's, eh, that looks alright, I guess, um, it, kind of like a frost almost look to it, um, kind of whatever about it. Um, week two would be stone now i actually dig that a lot i don't frequently play brigida but i do like this outfit so i'm probably going to be trying to get that um oh and also for anybody who wants to know i primarily play on playstation 4 but i also have it on pc and uh, switch obviously um, and the third and final one is ragdoll for the well, final one for the weekly challenges Ragdoll for Echo. That that looks crazy strange. I, I dig it. Again, another character I don't play frequently, but, I mean, again, I don't have to pay it. I just can play and get wins, so that, I dig that. That's cool. Um, going down the list, Shin Rayong, which is a diva outfit, sort of purple, like purple colors, and is that a... She has a glowing tail, so... Oh, and she has the ears and stuff like that. That'll... The furries will love that one. Um, it does look cool, honestly. I like the purple colors and stuff. Um, but the problem is the rest of the skin is kind of brown, and... Yeah, I don't know. Like, the... I wish they, I don't know, put more color in it than the browns and stuff like that, kind of. To go with the purple or whatever. Alright, we're going to the next one down, which mm-hmm. is a Genji skin which is called Tarasu, Tarasu Tengu, apparently. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's definitely very interesting, very cool. Um, I, I, again, this is a Genji is a character that I don't frequently play, so I don't really see that happening per se, but hey, whatever. Um, then we have a Hanzo skin, Dai Tengu, um, that, I mean, that looks like crazy up my alley, but again, a character I don't frequently play, so I'm, I'm not sure about it. Um, Flying Dutchman, um, sort of like a haunted pirate type thing, sort of whatever about that. And Werewolf, which is, uh, Winston skin, where obviously they make him look like a werewolf. That one I, looks really cool. Um, and then I'll also mention the emote as well, where Reinhardt, is acting like a zombie or something like that. Um, 
Yeah, that's those are all the major pieces of Overwatch Halloween content that came out. Um, for as far as skins are concerned, they're pretty cool. Like Stone, I think are Stonian Stone and Werewolf would probably be my um, go-to ones. To be honest with you, um, but that's just me personally. You know, everyone has their their own tastes and all that stuff. Um, one thing I was wanting to look at here is that I guess there's challenge missions now in this game now this i haven't played as much this is a slightly new piece of content um i feel like oh these are almost like modifiers right view details enjoy the experience of the arcade experience new ways of challenging selection blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay so it's like a match of um junkenstein's revenge but with certain things added to it like a deadly ghost chases the player or this other one where the uh, zombies move faster, or the Zomnics, or whatever. I mean, that's alright. It's, I mean, I guess you can say it's a new piece of content. That's cool, I guess. The other two things have been there before, the Junkenstein Endless and Junkenstein's Revenge. Um, and I, that, and besides the, you know, balance changes and all that stuff, that's a lot of the new content they added. Um, again, another slow month unfortunately because we're waiting on Overwatch 2 and Overwatch 2 like I want that to come out so bad just so Overwatch 1 can keep getting updated because I don't know if I'm going to really get Overwatch 2 but I will definitely enjoy the new breadth of content that will finally come when that finally releases so um, apparently we're going to be getting BlizzCon news on that in I think February? like February 2021 if I remember correctly because last year they announced Overwatch 2 and they said that there will be more info on the next BlizzCon and they said the next BlizzCon which is a virtual event obviously since the pandemic um, now that's going to be virtual and in February so there'll be a probably a few months delay hopefully you know we'll get a release date you know upgrade options for like PlayStation 5 and Series X Hopefully Switch will keep getting updated. I really like the fact that the game plays well on, on the Nintendo Switch. Um, so yeah, that, that covers a lot of my um, thoughts on, you know, Overwatch, Halloween skins, and the hopefully Overwatch 2 will come out soon because the content is kind of bare, kind of bare and a little stale. Um, which they said was going to happen, but the fact that it's... Like, it's one thing to say that, like, when you're about six months away from Overwatch 2, but this is a case where it was, like, a year, a year and a half they announced Overwatch 2, and they said, okay, well, we're going to slow up content. It was like, well, that's a lot of time to be sort of slowing down the content, and it sort of suffered for it. I've only gotten back into Overwatch recently... Um, because of the event and other stuff, but other than that, I haven't played as much Overwatch because, you know, the they said they're not going to add new stuff to Overwatch 2, and it's like, well, shit, might as well move on to other games and do, and, and maybe occasionally play Overwatch when there's an event or something, try to get some Halloween or in a month or two Christmas skins, but other than that, not much there for um, Overwatch fans, unfortunately. Um... Yeah, that covers my thoughts on Overwatch. Um, I'll have one more topic to do on this podcast, I believe, and then after that we'll see if there's anything else I feel like talking about, and we'll go from there. Alrighty, we'll be right back. Stick around, y'all.
Welcome back, everybody. Um, the next segment, I saw this on the news feed, and this will be like a quick little thing, but EA has announced a champion edition of Apex Legends, which will give you immediate access to all the legends that are available in the game, including the one coming up. Begging the question, is there anybody out there still playing Apex Legends? Because if I see news like this, I mean, this is just... They're trying to make some money, and, you know, they just want to do that real quick. Which which is sad, because I was the biggest defender of Apex Legends for a long time, because Respawn Entertainment was the jam, partly because of Titanfall 2, which is a game that I feel like people were justified in being skeptical because of Titanfall 1, but I feel like even still they didn't give it its fair shot or its fair shake at the table. And that's un- I felt like that was unfortunate because Titanfall 2 is one of the better story campaigns I've played recently, and I it would just blow, blow for people to not be able to play that. Yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate what happened to the popularity of Apex and that kind of thing. And But really, I mean, what happened to it was Warzone. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. That All my rambling aside, Warzone, at the end of the day, is what got Apex to sort of have a declining player base and all that stuff. And... You know, I I defend Respawn, but at a certain point, Titanfall 2 can only go so far, you know? I guess that's what I was trying to get to, is that Titanfall 2 will get you certain amounts of good grace, um, but only so much, you know? You can't just get free passes with everything, which um, I guess I'm going to incorporate this into this segment as well, because I don't want to, you know, like, divide up the segments too much, but... um, similar thing with um, Cyberpunk, how they came out recently with Developer Crunch, and they specifically said previously that they weren't going to be doing mandatory Developer Crunch, and they keep trying to write it off by saying, oh, well, they're getting paid for their time, and blah, 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 there's all kinds of benefit. We give them something like 20% of overall for game sales, or some some number, basically a number, and saying that that's okay, and it's like, well, here's the problem, though. It doesn't matter how much money you give. It's like the someone in it, when that information first came out saying we don't do developer crunch, that first came out via an interview, and in that interview, he, the person they were talking to said that we aren't going to do mandatory crunch, so, and the person gave a hypothetical, like, let's say I recently became a parent, and I flat out say I can't do this, because I have children, I can't work a Saturday, and there'll be no issue there. And he's like, yeah, there'll be no issue, you'll have the time you'll need, and all that stuff. So that sort of begs the question here, is that are those same parents in that hypothetical going to be able to get that, you know, Saturday off? Or are we now so close to cyberpunk that it's like, no, fuck you, fuck your family, you know, you gotta come in, and hey, we're giving you money, when they start saying that, that makes me a very, very sketchy man, because I don't know if you guys have seen the recent movie Parasite, but that's something that happens in the movie, where um, the rich folks call all the people, all, all the workers in on an off day, 
and just sort of write it off, but you're like, hey, it's a party, it's no big deal, and you're getting paid. You're getting paid to come and hang out at our house. Isn't that a big deal? Without thinking about the implications of making someone do that. If that person has a family, it's not as easy to just be like, yeah, I can come in and just, oh, dangle money over my head. It's like, well, if I have a family and I'm taking care of children, I, I can't. I can't come to your stupid little party. And that's what happens here. It's like, you know, you got to come in. We're six weeks out. And it's like, exactly, we're six weeks out. We're almost done. The rest of the team can handle it. I need to be able to go home and be with the family. And I know this is a hypothetical, but that's very real for a lot of game developers. And I don't think that that should be written off, marginalized, or brushed off. So, um, basically, message to... EA for Apex and CD Projekt Red for Cyberpunk. You earned goodwill from fans for a reason. Don't stomp on that. You have chances to turn it around and make it not bad and make it, you know, transparent, honest, like, hey, we misworded it. We f we didn't phrase it with Cyberpunk. And with Apex, it's like, hey, we're going to make some changes that will actually make you guys want to play the game instead of just adding new monetization like the Champion Edition, you know. So um, I, guess, I guess that's a little bit of a long-winded thought, but I guess to wrap it up or whatever, um, yeah, Cyberpunk, you know, is going to be awesome and all that stuff, but developer crunch is still bad, and they don't get a free pass. And... I'm not going to continue to keep playing Apex based on the goodwill of Titanfall 2. Like, I guess the point of this segment is goodwill can only go so far in the gaming world, especially with us skeptic gamers. Um, but I, I guess I've rambled about that enough. Um, uh, be sure to stick around, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the VG Podcast, Episode 1. This is actually pretty cool being able to record this via Anchor. This is actually a really cool, nice website, and I kind of want to do more of this in the future. Um, today's episode um, isn't exactly super long, but there might be longer segments in the future. There is no set length to this. It's, you know, however long the conversation goes, and However many topics there are that week, there might be certain times where I'll want to talk about something more, but, you know, that'll come in a future episode. Um, for everybody who tuned in, thank you for all the support. Be sure to subscribe on whichever platform you like to use for podcasts, and be sure to check out my Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash thevgman supports. It helps me out any way you can support me, either listening on here or supporting me directly on Patreon. Um, it all, all, all helps out, even if it's only a few cents. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you for everyone supporting me. Have a good rest of the day. Peace, y'all.